Once again, I want to welcome you. My name's David. I'm one of the pastors here. You met Emily earlier. Um, and uh, at the end of this summer, we started talking about uh, what the church is supposed to be, what, what, what church is supposed to look like, what's our, our mission. And we, we've been talking about that a lot. And, uh, and we're, we're going to make a transition from that. What, what we came to was we are the body of Christ. We are, we are people who, who want to continue what Jesus is doing in the world, his reconciliation, his forgiveness, his love, his grace, his mercy. We are the instruments to take that out into the world. And uh, what we're going to be transitioning to uh, beginning this morning is, is talking about what I think is probably the most powerful expression of the body of Christ is when we work on behalf of others. We, last year, we came up with some we believe statements uh, five statements that, that had to do with our, our focus, our ministry here. And uh, we're going to concentrate on one of those. And it's on the front of your bulletin. We believe that we can change the world. It's a very bold statement. We believe we can change the world. We believe that we can make a difference. That we're not about uh, just building a club. We're not just about uh, patting ourselves on the back. We actually believe that we can make a difference, not only in this community, not only in this state, but around the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. It's number one, places we are already doing that, ways we're already doing that, um, and, and how we can do it better. We believe we can change the world. Uh, just a couple things. I should have said this before I got into it. I, I know I'll need you to tune back in with me in just a second. But uh, this Saturday, we're doing a uh, fun run, a 5K fun run uh, for, uh, that's going to help the Perdinalis Fire Department and also the Helping Hands Crisis Ministry. Uh, if you have not signed up, it's not too late. You can do that. It, even if you don't want to run, you can come and put water out to the idiots that are running. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can do like me and laugh at them as they want to run by. Uh, we'll have some music. We're going to have uh, uh, um, hamburgers and, and our sausage or something. We're going to have some food too. So it'll be, it'll be a, a fun day because nothing tastes better after you run 5K than a greasy sausage. Cause... <laughs> so, uh, but I, I hope you'll uh, support us for that. Um, but changing the world, that's certainly one of the ways we do it. We're going to talk about that next week, helping hands. We just got back from a mission trip. Women went earlier in the year. Men just went uh, now. Going to listen, that's certainly a way to, to make a difference in the world. There's lots of them that we can do. There's, there's things all over that we, you don't even have to be a part of a program to make a difference in the world. It can be as simple as loving your neighbor uh, as yourself. We're going to talk about that. But this statement, we believe we can change the world, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. And I, I feel the need to qualify it. The, the title of my sermon this morning is, we believe we can make a difference we believe we can change the world, but we must have it. We must have it. 
let you know I'm, I'm borrowing from a pastor in Tulsa. Uh, his name's Craig Rochelle. He wrote a book uh, that sort of has to do with it, and I'm borrowing some of his ideas. I don't want to plagiarize, um, but it, it's good. I like the way he talks about it. We have to have it. It's not enough to rely on our own strength, our own power. There are many, if, if we could change the world by willing it, by just trying harder, then we wouldn't have the problems we have today, right? If, if, it, if we're getting smarter, like we're supposed to be, we're more, more enlightened now than we were then. If we're getting smarter, if we're on this high, uh, on, this, on this road towards improvement as a human species, then if we could just will it, we ought to be living in better times. I mean, the smarter we get, the less we should, we should have problems of greed and, and crime and apathy and, uh, and all that. But that's not the case, is it? We, we live in a world that we're no better than it was 3,000 years ago. In fact, we've just gotten more creative and we, we, we just do the same things in more creative ways that more people can see now. If we're going to make a difference, we need, a, we need something to help us make a difference. It's not us. It's not willpower. It's not politics. It's not government. It. Let me tell you what I think it is. It is where you, you've experienced it before. Every once in a while, when you come into a place, there's, there's a sense of it that, that grabs you. There's an energy, there's a, there's a, a pull that it has. Many of you, when you were church shopping, what you were shopping for was it. You don't even know what it looks like, but you know what it feels like. You know what it looks like. Uh, Where in, in, you, you know what the community that has it looks like. There's a friendliness, there's a welcome, there's a bond, there's a connection, there's a, there's a, there's a sense of belonging outside of the, just a couple people. There, there's, a, there's a power to it that attracts. If you go into a place that has it, you're immediately drawn in. Even if you don't know other people, if, there's, if it is there, you, you're willing to stay. It can bind people from different continents. It brings people together from different backgrounds. It is what drives the church. It is what we need to be striving for. It is the thing that we can't program, we can't buy, we can't schedule. And if there's any denominational leaders listening to my sermon at this time, I just want you to know we cannot do that. It doesn't matter. You cannot program it. You cannot schedule it. And we try to do that. And I take a shot at the denominational leaders, but you know what? We do that as persons as well. We, we want to be in control. We want to be in... It doesn't like to be controlled it is in control. It. If we're going to make a difference in our world, if we're going to make a difference in, in who we are, we need it. Let me tell you what it is. 
It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. The the third person of the Godhead. We talk about God, one God, but we talk about him being three persons. And don't ask me to explain this, I can't. I, I don't know. Billy Graham said, anyone tells you they understand the Trinity's lying. I agree with that. I, there, it's a holy mystery. I don't know how it works, but I, I, I see it work and I know it's true. So we have, we have one God who's made up of three personalities, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hey, you're actually awake this morning. Thank you. God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, we usually give the Father the, the credit of creation, of, of being the, the presence above all things. Jesus Christ, the instrument through which creation was brought in, the instrument through which salvation is offered. We don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, though, do we? Because we've heard about the Holy Spirit. Churches that do the Holy Spirit also do like speaking in tongues and dancing and prophesying. And if somebody sneezes in one of our services, we think that's a movement of the Spirit. That's, you know, and every once in a while that dumb person that waves their hand or something, they're Pentecostal, you know, we, we, we don't like the Holy Spirit because we, and you know why we don't like it? Here's a clue to why mainline churches are dying. Because we don't like the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, what did I say? The Holy Spirit does not like to be controlled. The Holy Spirit is in control. And anytime we try to take the Holy Spirit and say, this is the way you will act, God, doesn't work. No wonder our churches are dying. But if we want to be a church that's going to make a difference in the world, we have to have it the power, the presence of God. Let me just give you a quick understanding. I mean, we could go on and on about who the Holy Spirit is and, and we'll be talking more about it in the weeks to come. But basically, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ available to us. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, able to live within us. In the Old Testament, it was there. It's not a new creation. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was there. But it was given certain times, certain places for certain deeds. Remember, you know, Samson, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he pushes buildings over. There's different places where... In the New Testament, what Jesus, when he was walking with his disciples, teaching them, preparing them for when he left, he said, hey... I'm going to leave and you're not going to be able to talk to me. You're not going to be able to see me, but I am going to be there because I'm going to send my counselor, my friend, my advocate to be with you. And even though I won't be there physically, you will know I'm there with you because my spirit will be with you. And that spirit is what is available to us as well. Let's, let's take a look at the beginning of Acts. Acts chapter 1. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And that's not somebody's name. It's actually short for the Acts of the Apostles. It's, it's sort of how the church started spreading it. It starts taking the message out there. It's a good book for you to read. 
probably better titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was the driving force to pushing this church thing out into the public. And as I said, as Jesus was preparing his disciples, he told them, I need you, I'm going to send you a, I'm going to send you a counselor. And here's some more instruction. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive, what's that word? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. You will receive power. See, this is why I needed to qualify our statement. We believe we can make a difference. We believe we can change the world. It's not because of us. It's not because we've collected a a select group of people from around the Spicewood area that have come together in a way such as to change the... No, it's because of it. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have power. The power that raised Christ from the dead the power that brought everything we have into existence out of a spoken word from nothing into everything, that power is made available to us. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will have power. Not power to do what you want, not power to manipulate, not power to, again, problems with the church, part of the reasons why we're not doing good out in public images because a lot of times we try to misuse the power that we have in the church but we will receive power. Power to continue what Christ is already doing in the world. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will have power. Power. I mean, this is, this is the thing that a lot of us never get to in the whole Christian thing. So many of us don't understand Christianity. We understand religion. And religion is based on rules and religion is based on on shame and guilt. And we, we, we want to do better and we want to do, we want to change and we want our lives to mean something and we just have been trying. We've been trying hard. We're so tired of trying that, I mean, we can't even get up in the morning. We have exhausted ourselves in trying. And every once in a while we did something that felt good, or but it, we're just so tired of trying and it doesn't really seem to be making a difference anyway I don't know if any of you in this room can identify with that you don't have to raise your hand I know you're here and you're looking at one others of you you, you've watched people go to church and you've watched them with this whole Christian thing and you say wow they they like enjoy it What's up with that? Because it's miserable. What you're missing is it. There are so many of us that have not grasped the fullness of what God has. That's what Jesus said. He said, I want you to, I came so that you're going to have life and not just life, but the abundant life that you were created to have. I want you to experience it all. 
He in no means is trying to ruin our lives. He is in no means trying to, to pull the rug out from under us to, to get us to like sign on the dotted line so we're in this contract we can't get out of for the rest of our lives where we're just doomed to misery. That's not what the, the deal is. What he wants is for us to, to have an experience where, where we know that, that life matters. You know how that happens? It happens with it. The Holy Spirit. And I know, please don't be offended. I am perfectly aware that the Holy Spirit is a person. I'm using it as a pronoun within this sermon. I am not trying to assign Holy Spirit into a non-person segment. But the Holy Spirit can make a difference. If you want to know the difference between somebody who has joined their Christian life, who is driven towards God, who has a passion a calling. You, you've met these people. You see what they do and you go, how in the world? You go down to a, a mission area. You, you go uh, visit a, a place torn by, by tragedy and you see the volunteers and the people there that have this passion and this drive and this energy. And you say, wow, where do they get that? It's, it's from it. It, it. It's a calling. There's a higher level there. In the Alpha Course, Nikki Gumbel talks about the Holy Spirit and, and uh, sort of what life is with and without him. And so I'm going to borrow one of his analogies. You remember hot water heaters that have like a, a gas hot water heaters and they have a pilot light? And, and, and when they kick on, what, what, what does it sound like? Yeah, boom. <clears throat> We, we have one in our cabin up in Colorado and the room I usually slept in was right next to the hot water heater. So whenever, whenever you know, people are taking a shower or whatever, washing their hands, you know, it, it, you don't sleep very well when that happens, but you don't sleep very well when the Holy Spirit comes either. So, But what Nikki Gumbel says is there are a whole lot of us that are pilot-like Christians that that. There's a flame lit. There's a light inside of you. you. You know God. You believe in God. You have a desire to do more things, but you know, you're busy. And you're operating more in that guilt and shame thing and duty and, and, and all of that. And you just, it's hard and you're willing it and willing it and, willing, and it's just not, there's a light there, but it's, you're not going to heat very much water with that, right? And I think this is, this is where most of us find ourselves. This is, this is sort of where the, the, the church leads you to, you know, come in, sing your song, give us your membership, get baptized, and then say you believe in Jesus. And once you get there, we go, good, we got you. Next, come on. And we, we leave you there. And that, that's not what Christianity is about, there's so much more to Christianity than just getting the flame lit. There's a fullness of life that God has for us. But what Nikki Gumbel says is what we need in the church, what we need in our lives is for that pilot light to be fanned into a flame where, where we have an experience of God that moves us from just a single flame to a whoosh of power. What did Jesus say? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive 
power. He didn't say that with very much power. Okay. Go, Texas. I know that's what you do there, too. No, you receive power. Power. The things you read about in the Bible, the, the, the promises that are made that never again are you going to have to wonder if you're alone, never again are you going to have to wonder, do I matter? Beyond just the personal thing, the power to know that you have the ability to minister into someone else's life, to bring hope, to bring joy, to bring forgiveness, to, gr- to bring grace and mercy. You have the power To make a difference. Not because of who you are, but because who you've invited in. The Holy Spirit is the divine invasion of God in all of his power and all of his greatness. It's a divine invasion of him coming to reside within us. And once he comes in, he takes us just as we are. He meets us right where we are. He meets us right in the pig pen, but he does not have any plans for us to stay there. As he comes in, he transforms us with his power, making us back into his image, correcting us, molding us, making us into who he wants us to be. And from that point on, nothing is the same. The things that you used to think that were hard, all of a sudden the way you think is different. You also, you, you actually sort of look forward to interacting with people. You, you actually look forward to being able to be generous. You look forward to being able to offer uh, time and because you've been invaded by the divine. It's no longer I who live, said Paul, but Christ who dwells within me. It's no longer my agenda, but, but God's. That is the difference that not only does this church, not only does every church need, that that womb of power, that that submission to authority, that opening up of our agenda to, to a higher power or someone who knows and understands people and what is needed in this world far better than we can ever understand. We open up our agenda, our goals, our our leadership, our everything to him. We need that not only for the church, we need that for us. Us. It it saddens me that there are so many of us that never experienced what God wanted you to get out of the relationship. He didn't send a son to die for you just so you could feel guilty enough to go to church. He wasn't just trying to con you into a relationship so he could get into your billfold to support the little buildings. It's so sad that that's what most people think. He loves you with a passion that you will never even comprehend. He wants nothing but for you to have the fullness of what he created you to be. And your helper in that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what takes this little belief and turns it into a fullness of relationship. Let me just give you a couple ideas. Maybe you're saying, hey, I've been in church forever. What's up with the Holy Spirit? I missed that one. 
was there was there a checkbox I missed on the communication card or you know part of the problem is we haven't talked about it enough in the church the other part of it is the Holy Spirit is with you you already have it you're just not you're just not aware of it the other example uh, Nikki Gumbel gives is, you know how you leave a, a sponge out and it gets all dried and everything? And, and like if you put it on the water, it would just float. Or if you threw it at your wife, it would put a hole in her head, you know? He says, that's the way our hearts get. But what happens if you take that sponge and just set it up on top of water? It starts absorbing and start softening. And before long, you can wring it out and it's full of water. He says, that's sort of what we're like. The Holy Spirit is there. But we're sort of hard and crusty because we've been trying to do things our own way for so long. And we need to immerse ourselves in the presence of God. Give him a chance to soften our hearts. Put ourselves in a position where he can move and, and meld and, and, and mold. But that takes too much time. And all you really want to do is get me on another list. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to tell you where and how to do it, but you've got to find time to be in the presence of God. You have got to find a way to connect on a personal level outside of this worship service, outside of group Bible studies. You have to find a place to connect personally with God, to bask in his presence, to allow yourself to soak in his, his power and his grace and his love and his mercy. You have got to find a way to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. We have Bible studies starting up. We've got a great one. Uh, Wednesday night, Steve leads it. Emily's husband, Steve, Gospel of John. Um, right here, 7 o'clock, we got Bible, uh, we got babysitting, same time going on with that. There's a youth study. And youth, hey, you need the Bible too. And I know you got homework. But guess what? Let me teach you a little lesson. You put God in the right place, he'll take care of your priorities. Don't let homework be a, uh, an excuse to ignore God, okay? Parents, there's some other things you can learn from that as well, but uh, I'll, I'll just go over it to teenagers because we all like it when I sock it to teenagers. We don't like it when I sock it to adults, so we won't go there. But um, we got that one, those two. Uh, Tuesday mornings, 10 o'clock, I'm leading a study in my office over here. Uh, we've, we've got lots of things going on. Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock men's group. And guys, let me tell you, I am not an early morning guy. Six o'clock, yeah. See, it's so early I can't even bring myself to say it. I can, <laughs> I am not an early morning guy. I, in fact, when I went this last Wednesday, as we finished, I was like, I wouldn't even be up yet. But, uh, <laughs> but from six to 7.15, we're meeting over here. It's called Men Fraternity. And, and, and what it, the, the uh, study is called the quest for authentic manhood and it's not corny I was you know I've it's actually an excellent study I'm looking forward to it I got up and went I actually enjoyed it I'm gonna try again this week 
And trust me, I am not an early morning person. And plus, you get, we come and we do guy stuff. I mean, it's a, there's some guy stuff going on there, man. Especially at 6 o'clock in the morning, coffee and everything. There is some guy stuff that happens there. So I just want to encourage you if, you, if you're looking for a study, come to that one, all right? If you're a guy, because we're doing guy stuff. So. But here's the key. No matter what it is. We used, to, we used to emphasize this more often in the church. If you want to get the fullness of what the church has to offer, you need to be a part of worship plus two. Because worship is just a part of it. You need to be in worship because that's the communal place where we get together. That's the huddle, as we said before. We get together and we say, hey, good to see you, man. Get back out there and, and knock them dead. That's important. But that's not it. You need to also be involved in study because you can't serve a God you don't know. You can't serve a God you don't know. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't know. Study and then service. Because if you are worshiping and you know that God, you know that he's propelling you out to work on his behalf. Not out of guilt or shame, but out of love and thanksgiving. That's what takes from the little pilot life to last little counsel. Jesus said to his disciples about relationship, about fullness of it. He says, you have not because you ask not. So many of us never heard about the Holy Spirit. So many of us never knew there was more to Christianity than just the guilt thing and the duty thing. So we didn't even know what to ask for. And it's not magic. It's not a magic prayer, but just the, the prayer of God I know there's more to this relationship than what I've experienced and what I have. Would you please draw me nearer? But if you're going to pray that prayer, be ready for a journey. Because in order to answer that prayer, he's going to have to lead you, mold you, change you, transform you, knock off edges and everything to get you to where he wants you to be. Remember I said he'll take you just where you are? Just who you are. Right, meet you right in the pig pen, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. He has a plan for you. And if you open up that, that option, you're going to receive power. And things are going to be different. That's, Paul, the disciples, they were beaten. They had horrible experiences with, with Christianity. And, and I mean, they suffered repercussions. All of, we would all run from it. And yet he says, I found the secret to life. I wouldn't trade what I have for anything now. Meanwhile, he's in prison. He's been beaten. He's been thrown off of a ship. He's been run out of town on a rail. He says, I found the secret. It's my relationship with God. There is so much more to this stuff than what we have been selling as a bureaucracy. There is a power, there's a transformation, there is an energy. There is, when you have this, I'm not promising you're going to have no problem. You are going to have problems. But you know what the difference is? You know that no matter what life throws at you, that God's with you. Because you have his power, his presence, his assurance, his forgiveness. 
It's just, you have not because you ask not. If we're going to be a church that makes a difference, we have got to be a church of people that have it. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. We thank you for your patience with us because, God, we know it must be frustrating to to watch us just flounder around outside of the, the plans that you have for us. That you've given us so much and you've offered us so much and yet we, we just find ways around it and we've, we've cheapened what you've offered into guilt and shame and duty. We want to experience your fullness. We want to experience the, the power that you have for it. We need it. In our own personal lives, we, we need your power. We need the change. We need the transformation. And God, we know we don't deserve it, but because of your great love and your great mercy, we, we boldly approach your throne and ask. And we know the answer. You demonstrated the answer long ago. That there is nothing you will withhold from us that, that comes from you, that, that when it comes to your love, when it comes to your grace and your mind, there is nothing you will withhold from us. God, we want this church to have it. Not to be about us, not to be about building, not to be about clubs, not to be about cliques, but to be about making a difference. Come Holy Spirit, fill this place, fill our hearts, fill our lives. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.